electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Futures fairly steady as the S&P's coming off four straight gains. Longest win since January. Oil continues its climb. Australia becomes the latest central bank to pause after 10 straight hikes. Our roadmap begins with stocks shrugging off an oil price spike. The Dow and the S&P looking to extend that win streak. Jamie Dimon says the banking crisis is not over, but that it will pass. And have you seen my stapler? Google looking to cut some costs, including cutting back on employee laptop services and, yes, office supplies. Let's begin with the markets, though, and Diamond's annual letter to shareholders. Weighing in on the banking turmoil, he writes, The current crisis is not yet over, and even when it is behind us, there will be repercussions from it for years to come. But importantly, recent events are nothing like what occurred during the 2008 global financial crisis, Jim. His point is that there are fewer players with those types of issues, and those issues are easier to solve. Yeah, I thought that was absolutely great, uh, that I did feel better. I, I'm not Having not been done, obviously, is an issue, but there's um, it's always required reading, and it's always very thoughtful. He works hard on it. Yeah, he really does, and, and, and I think that it's a great state of the state. My issue is on page 17, he says, we need banks to be attractive investments. They need to be investable, not uninvestable. I've been saying on Mad Money, they've become uninvestable. And they've become uninvestable for all the reasons that he says they're wrong with the banking system. And then he said, in conclusion, we need them to be investable. But I find that Jamie Dimon has page after page about how his bank is doing better than everyone else. And it's totally true. But the fact is, is that they all have to do better or else the industry is uninvestable. Doesn't mean that Jamie's bank's uninvestable. It means that if the industry is not worth owning, it's very difficult to justify even owning JP Morgan because it can be pulled down by the others. Right. We're actually going to talk. We're going to check in with Mike Mayo in the next hour and yeah. talk about uh, his view on the banks going into earnings. He, he has suggested that the bank discount will come off because in his view, we're not, gonna, we're not looking at a situation where you need capital raises in the near term. Yeah, but look, if you want to make it so that great banks uh, can demonstrate their greatness, allow them to raise the dividends like every other company, allow them to buy back stock as aggressively as they want, uh, allow them to be able to have some sort of status where they are uh, regarded as being, uh, they've checked off a lot of boxes a lot easier. The stress test in retrospect didn't really work. Uh, the, the fact is, is that J.P. Morgan stock is being kept back by Silicon Valley and by First Republican, kept back by Zion, kept back by Comerica. And that's not good because, by the way, I, I happen to think Comerica's a good bank. Zion's has always, to me, been a little bit too aggressive. But I agree with him that the banking landscape is uninvestable, but I therefore don't want to reach the conclusion that this is investable. Yeah. And I wanted, I mean, I sent them a, a note just saying I feel terrible because I've been saying they're uninvestable simply because they're Gresham's law. The bad is driving out the good. So all of those terrific charts that Jamie has that shows spectacular 
uh, return on investment just don't matter if there's five or six ne'er do wells. He does. uh, It's not all about bank management. He says this is not to absolve bank management. It's just to make clear that this wasn't the finest hour for many players. Right. And by that, obviously, he's suggesting, I think, that supervision was lacking. Yeah, I I think there are a lot of people who actually feel under the breath like like Senator Warren, who basically saying, "Okay, look, let's fire a lot of the people in the in the Fed uh, out west, San Francisco. Now, again, I always come back to that our people who watch our show would say, wow, my boss would be fired if they did that. And they always wonder, well, why is it that no one, like, why are we don't have a top five list of people who should not be playing? It's like, look, I went to the Super Bowl, and there was a ref that made a call against a guy named Bradbury. He's a good player. And everyone in the stadium and everyone in Philadelphia knows that ref and thinks that that ref should never play again. <laughs> we do not know which refs blew Silicon Valley, okay, or right now, uh, First Republic. We don't know who. And what she's saying is, let's out them. Let's have some sunshine. Let's admit that that review did not work and puts assign some blame. Because we all know you could look up the whole the maturity portfolios. Yeah. You knew there would be trouble. So what did you do? Just scold them? And that's Jamie's problem, is, is that if there was even regulation, which there's not, if there was actually technological prowess using NVIDIA's uh, AI to be able to demonstrate when there's a Peter Thiel run on a bank, we'd be able to catch things. But no, I mean, they're all there. Everybody who did this, there's a beautiful building, the Federal Reserve Building in San Francisco, and everybody who went in there three weeks ago still goes in. Yeah, well, we're waiting for the review uh, next month. Well, it's okay to yeah. fire people. And- I mean, look, I've been fired. I don't know if you've ever been fired. I've been fired a couple times. <laughs> it, 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 you know, I've, I've had to clean your desk. And it was not for anything I did wrong. It was a reduction in force. I fired hundreds of, hundreds of people. Uh, who had nothing to do with what the company was doing. But was, I always would say the institution must be preserved. It's a black mark. You don't come home and say, yeah, it was fired. But sometimes it's necessary. As for the consumer, uh, he says as of April 1st, this past weekend, uh, consumer spending still running ahead of the year yes. ago. Uh, balance sheets in, quote, great shape. Still $1.2 trillion in excess savings. Yes, how about commercial real estate other than San Francisco and New York being great? And I can tell you, San Francisco, there's some places. A lot of this may be like the Chicago election if there was less fear, less crime. But I think New York real estate is coming back. I may be the minority of that. But we don't have, we can't find them, the real bad stuff. Wells Fargo has probably the best it's ever been in the history of Wells Fargo. But I would say, God, if I own Wells Fargo and something bad happens in First Republic, I guess the stock goes to 32. And I really feel badly that I own it for my trust. That's how I feel about these things. We've made it so we only own Wells Fargo and Morgan Stanley because, and I like JP Morgan's terrific, but we're just afraid that one of these banks that we're not thinking about goes down and then Wells goes to 32. And, well, so uh, so how, long does, how long does the market have to look over its shoulder? I'm, I'm looking at this uh, Gordon Haskett. They trim numbers on Costco today on comps because of what they call the CNN effect from the Silicon Valley fallout. There's been some bad weather, but they go to like 1%. They were at 6 Well, I mean, look, I think Costco also is, this is Costco's time in that they're eating a lot of margin in order to bring in customers. They do everything on a volume basis. Uh, I think Costco is a terrific investment. If, they, if that's what their number is, I like it even more because what they're doing is saying this is the moment when people are trading up to Kirkland brand. We have promised in an inflationary world to hold the line. So when you hear that they don't have comps, it's more from the uh, good comps. It's more from the fact that they're not raising price. They're keeping prices low, and they're going to go after all the people who 
raise price. I'm, maybe there's a weather issue. could be a, a, a gasoline issue. But when you speak to Costco, they're adamant. Look, we're not going to take price. And we're going to have so many members that we're going to offer a special dividend. Mm. So you may sell Costco now. My trust has owned it forever. You may miss a special dividend. You may miss a price increase uh, in, the credit, in the card. But they are not about volume. I mean, about, they're about five. They're not about price. Right. And everybody, I mean, you go Kroger. Kroger's raising price. Well, sure. Costco says, we'll take share from that. Sure, sure. Right? Uh, speaking of price, we're going to get uh, Ford auto sales in a little oh, bit. Oh, any second, right? Uh, Jonas last night said, look, incentives across auto. Oh, that was bad. Uh, incentives are up. Day supply is up. This pricing yeah. discipline is going to crack. Yeah, uh, look, Jonas's note was superb. And he's talking about numbers, frankly, that makes me feel like the incentives are going up just enough to make me say, you know what, in another couple of months, it's going to be like the old days. Way too many cars, too many incentives. And you, look at this, 1,529. Uh, the incentives up from 1490 last month. But how about this GM inventory, 47 versus 35, 463 versus yeah, 45. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is great Jonas work. I, look, I, I make fun of Jonas. But the fact is I make fun because he's interesting, and so therefore <laughs> yes. he lifts his head up. But this is just great empirical work. And I, I, my chapel trust owns Ford, and I said, okay, I guess we're going to get whacked unless they get those costs down. Because remember, that they're going $13 billion in EBITDA positive for, uh, inter, you know, for the combustible engine, Three billion losses for EV, six hundred thousand run rate. Got to keep those losses where they are. And then suddenly we have this with the incentives that are double from last year because of PAL. Right. I mean, we we know that the banks, some of the banks, didn't handle the incentive, the increases immediately. They held the maturity issues. Well, I don't know. Are the buyers to cars? If you go to Lithia and you go to Auto Nation, it looks like things are not great. Right. Broaden right. out a bit, and it kind of leads you to what J.P. Morgan said yesterday. Again, Kalanovic, who publishes on Monday. Uh, any decline in yields is not a punch bowl. It means it telegraphs weakness. And once again, Jim, they say That's the true. Q1 will be the highs for the year on equities. Oh, that I can't go with. You don't go Jeez, with that? No. I mean, the, 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 when you finish a tightening cycle, market goes up. <laughs> You're not fighting the <laughs> Fed. Right. I mean, let's say, oh, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, God bless that person, but... I, Every time you have the end of a tightening cycle, you make money. Uh, when you have a tightening cycle, you don't make money. Uh, there are certain p- parts of it where it can work. But when you get a happy days or here again, don't make it sound like they are. Uh, Fed out of your way, bye. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, we're in sort of a bit of a period here where it's a while for our till our next meeting. But Canada has now paused. Yes. And now Australia has paused. And in the wake of our, in the, with the lack of other news, markets kind of watching that. Well, it's interesting. Those are resource-based economies. And Australia, I thought that was surprising they paused because when China does well, Australia does well. So they, I, I thought those were surprising. I don't think that I think, I think Jay Powell recognizes that it's really just a couple of bad banks, but the reverberations continue. And I keep thinking about that interview I had with Paychex, where they said, look, if you have all your eggs in one basket, you have to make a change. And $250,000 insured didn't know more than that. Right. Well, so if you have a, a company that has $800,000 in savings in some sort of pension plan, you're supposed to put $250,000 in each and different banks. That's, that's difficult, but the outflows did uh, died down. Yes. The inflows into the major banks really went down last week. So that's encouraging. Indeed. Definitely encouraging. Yeah. We've been looking at some charts of just the past few days. We mentioned the S&P's riding four straight wins. We'll see right. if we can get five today. Um, 
The Apollo has a good chart today. Uh, Wasn't that Looking at the year-to-date rally. Holy cow. Almost entirely due to 20 companies. It's like and the old days. We know which ones they are. Is yeah. it a problem or not? I, look, I think that there's nothing you can do. When you have a slowdown, a credit slowdown, you tend to buy, want to buy companies that don't need credit. None of those needs credit. The issue with that, again, as we were talking about, is what Mike Wilson said, which is if you're going to invest in tech because it doesn't need credit, you, you forget that you're you need revenue growth and you need earnings growth, you need profitable growth. So th this works in theory, but in two weeks, it, it'll be sorely tested by actual numbers. And you're not going to be able to say, you know what, I'm so glad I bought Microsoft. I, I, I'm just picking Microsoft. I think they're a good quarter, but so glad I bought Microsoft because of the balance sheet. Oh, darn it. Currency. Oh, darn it. Slow down. Oh, geez, I thought Bing was coming back. So you have to be, you have to be honest with yourself and recognize that earnings season it's all up for grabs. Yeah. Well, uh, dollars, Forex might finally be a bit of a tailwind no, this wouldn't time. Wouldn't that be something yeah. at least? They'll never see it. Yeah. Uh, They'll never see it. When we come back, as we said, Ford numbers coming out in just a few moments. We'll get that from Phil LeBeau. Uh, as we said earlier as well, pre-market pretty tame here, uh, riding just north of the flat line. More Squawk on the Street continues after a break. For more than a decade, Comcast has been committed to bridging the digital divide and connecting millions to affordable high-speed Internet. But the barriers to get connected go well beyond affordability. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Project Up, building a future of unlimited possibilities. Learn more at Comcast.com slash Project Up. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. We talked some autos a moment ago, and in fact, Ford is out with its figures for Q1. Let's get to Phil LeBeau. Hey, Phil. Carol, take a look at shares of Ford. The Q1 sales are up 10.1%. Now, there's no comparables in terms of people who have put out estimates, but this is generally in line with what we've seen from other automakers, a stronger-than-expected first quarter. Trucks up 19.6%. EVs up 41%. As impressive as that sounds, keep in mind, they were just starting up production in the first quarter of last year. So what you're looking at is really not much of a comparable. I mean, they, were, they really weren't producing much last year. I also want to show you this. Motor intelligence crunches all of the numbers. They do this after every month of auto sales. And we ask them, put together all of the EV sales. Who sold the most EVs here in the U.S. in the first quarter? No surprise, Tesla still leads, though its market share has eroded a little bit, down to just over 62%. But GM is now number two in U.S. EV sales for the first quarter, Ford drops all the way down to number five. 
with just over 4% market share. Now, I know this is a little lumpy. It can move quarter to quarter, but this says something, guys, in terms of Tesla still dominates the market and will dominate the market at least for the next couple of years, so to speak. We know that Ford has tremendous uh, demand for the F, for the 150 Lightning, and uh, they're obviously yeah. having some troubles uh, meeting the demand. But at what point can we say that that it's just a positive that they keep raising price and there hasn't been any degradation of of, uh, of, of demand or sales? Isn't that a positive for Ford? That is a positive, Jim. I don't think anybody would dispute the fact that now that they have raised the price again on the F-150 Lightning, they know that that segment is there. But you hit the key point. Can you meet demand? Look at the numbers in the first quarter. And they're just ramping up production. I know that their plans are to dramatically increase production later this year and into next year. They sold here in the U.S., what, uh, 4,298 Lightnings. There's a lot more demand than 4,298 lightnings. They have got to strike while the iron is hot. That's the key to raising this production as quickly as possible. One other note, guys, and I, I tell you this because I know some people will be surprised. We know that the Model S and the Mo- or the Model 3 and the Model Y are the two best-selling vehicles, e- EVs here in the U.S. Guess what number three is? Chevy Bolt EUV. Now, it's way lower well? than the Tesla models, but that but, says something about the demand for a lower-priced EV. Right. Well, that is a segment that whoever can hit it is going to hit it big. Yeah, you're, Jonas did a whole report on it last week. Yes, he did. It was very good. Bill is saying, who's going to make mm-hmm. a, a low-priced EV? Because all of the legacy guys are obviously interested in making expensive pickups and everything else. And exactly. Phil, how about yeah, look that segment hummers. up there? That, that audience is there for the expensive ones, but at some point, you got to come in with right. that mid, uh, mid-priced one. But how about how few Hummers they could make, Phil? And that's, a, that's just a fabulous car. The smaller Hummers are supposed to be coming out. I mean, what, they made 12? I mean, what is going on? How hard are these things to make? Jim, I'm looking at the numbers here. I, b- I believe they sold two in Ooh, the first quarter. That's- that may not be significant enough to move the needle for GM. <laughs> I would say not. I would say two is not well, going to move the needle. Barry, if, uh, Barry if, I'm if sorry. That was four, a cruel it's 100% joke. Getting. That was a cruel joke. I didn't mean that, Mary. But yeah, what can you do? I mean, yeah. And, and Phil, does, uh, does GM present today, by the way, at, uh, at B of A? Yes, at Bank of America. Paul Jacobson will be there. Everybody's going to be watching. We'll be watching to see what he says about the price, uh, the cost cuts that they've put in. Remember that they offered employees an early buyout. The idea here is they want to cut $2 billion this year and next year combined. And this is going to be going a long ways towards that. We'll see if he gives us an update on that. Uh, Phil, thanks. Talking a bit. Yeah. Uh, Phil LeBeau. Uh, this morning. You Fantastic. Still to come this morning, we'll get Fantastic. Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Uh, busy session uh, setting up as we continue to ride this uh, streak of gains for the Dow and the S&P. Don't go away. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, The ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. 
Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. One of my favorite pieces of research every year is the Piper Teen Survey, which is just fantastic. And it is great work. And it is also investable. What do they say? Well, it looks like, first of all, Nike maintaining share. Yes, it's absolutely true that Hoka's coming on. And it's absolutely true that you can, you can buy Deckers, but it looks like Nike. Uh, this one was very interesting. Meta. Teens voted Instagram as their favorite app, up 300 basis points, and it snapped its kill you. But my favorite is Apple, and they talk about another thing. They like the cell phone. But my favorite page of this whole report is favorite watch brand. Number one, Apple. Number two, Rolex. I mean, you I love this survey. Oh, my. And if I were Tim Cook, I would say we win because also Apple against Square. I would be uh, very careful if I were square, not because of the of that short report, but the cash app could lose out to Apple Pay just because of how ubiquitous Apple Pay is. Right. Interesting. Um, I mean, I'm thinking back to when they launched the category, the watch category, and we immediately thought, what are they going to do to the Swiss watch market, right? That second mover advantage they have, they use again and again. Uh, no, no, I was at uh, the Short Hills Mall, and there's a big line to get into Rolex. And I said, why? My Rolex is, is very popular. My wife said, no, they're probably stealing them. So you can only have so many people per store. Just like when you go to Ross stores and there's a line. Although if you steal from Ross stores, it's not as lucrative as stealing from Rolex. I'm not a fence. I'm just someone with intuition. Yeah. Um, so the bottom line from the Piper survey is, I mean. There it's- are just these brands like Nike that you can chip away at them. But they are, in the end, unassailable. And to me, it's a clarion call to buy a stock like Nike, especially with China coming back. Clarion call to buy Apple. Uh, And then, yes, I have to include Meta because I think that that Instagram uh, increase plays right into the year of efficiency. We become more efficient and we get an uptick in Instagram use. Look out. Wow. That's why I think Meta is still a great stock to It's interesting. It'd be, it'd be interesting if there were any kind of bleed uh, to reels, for example, even in advance of a TikTok ban. We are so focused on that for Mad Money. We think that reels without the government is just becoming bigger. And here's why. Because if you're an advertiser, you're thinking, wow, maybe I shouldn't be. Right. Now, American Express is still the best advertiser on TikTok. I know they are such a good company. And they didn't search. They didn't fare as well as I would have thought here. But uh, look out. There are advertisers who are thinking, I don't know. Maybe I ought to split the money, split my bets, put some of it on Interesting. Uh, yeah, the Piper survey is one of the so one of our favorite pieces it's of the year. So great. Opening bell in a couple of minutes, and don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street Opening Bell podcast. Back after a break. We wanted to put all our energy and our efforts into turning the situation around. It pains me that we didn't have the time to do so, and that in that fateful week in March, our plans were thwarted. And for that, I am truly sorry. I apologize that we were no longer able to stem the loss of trust that had accumulated over the years and for disappointing you. And I would like to apologize for that. That's Credit Suisse's chairman, Axel Lehman, addressing his company's annual meeting, apologizing uh, to shareholders, obviously, about their episode. We've got the Swiss... uh, probe going on. UBS is in the midst of what it looks like many, many layoffs. Yeah. I, look, obviously, that, that whole group is in turmoil. You keep hoping that people recognize, guys, they weren't making money for years, all right? So you can apologize for what happened. But how about taking a look at 
at how poorly you performed for so many years and analyze that. What did you do wrong for five years? But that raid on Deutsche Bank, they've been doing so many things right for five years. I think a longer-term view about how poorly Credit Suisse has done is far more important than what they did. And if you believe Senate Finance uh, not adhering to the plea they made regarding uh, tax evasion conspiracy a decade ago. Rogue. They, they, they were rogue, and I think that the apology should not, should not be accepted. Don't accept this apology. Let's find out what, how they got, where were the risk controls, why were they the worst? I mean, they were the worst of the Europeans. Now, I know that part of it, Jamie Diamond's letter talks about basically how and what, what did those guys' balance sheets look over there? Because they had negative interest rates on their bonds. So what, what do those look like? But we don't know. Let's get the opening bell here and the CNBC real-time exchange at the big board of industrial products manufacturer Crane Company celebrating its separation from Crane Holdings and at the NASDAQ, MGO Global, operator of the Lionel Messi oh, store. Uh, so 41.29 this morning, Jim. Uh, the J.P. Morgan desk today says watch 41.50 as an area where you might sort of pull more bulls in. I, I think that, the look, it's become exciting. People are talking about the market. It's been ages. People, you go to the mall, you talk to people, and say, hey, you know what? I made a little money in my 401k. They're excited. Now, I think that you have to recognize we're overbought, and we could be in for a pullback ahead of earnings, because earnings are not going to be as good as people like. But I just think that there's something going on in this market bigger than than people realize, and that the presumption uh, uh, that you should be selling uh, when we get to these ceilings, uh, maybe, maybe wrong, maybe wrong. Still, though, I mean, the S&P is roughly at levels that it was at last May, right, right. last August, last December. Some argue we're just in the sideways market here. Yeah, I, I think we're going to be better than sideways. I think that when you see those 20 that are responsible for so much, that is not bad because next thing it's going to be 50, and then it's going to be 100. And you're going to say, wow, I sold because it was 20. I didn't realize that the rally was going to broaden and I think the rally is going to broaden. Those market caps for those companies are so big. But you get, think about NVIDIA, where suddenly that is one of the biggest stats, stocks. There can be other NVIDIAs. NVIDIA is, is, of course, a remarkable company uh, in how they're changing the world right now. But there are other companies that are going to change because of NVIDIA. And we're going to be thinking about Adobe as being a gigantic company because of NVIDIA. Uh, Oracle suddenly could become a, gig- a, a much bigger company than it is as Safra Katz gets her due yeah. and people realize that Oracle's cloud business is coming on really strongly. Well, we, we do got an upgrade this morning of ServiceNow. Uh, that was a, okay, that's a such a great example. What a great example. Uh, because uh, I, I, th- I think Bill McDermott's doing a fantastic job. I think the quarter's going to be amazing. That's a $96 billion company that could easily be a $200 billion company if it got its due. I really think so. Or think about what happened with Salesforce, okay? Salesforce, $197 billion. I do not think that if this stock just went back to where it was last year, it would be 220 That can happen. I think they're having a terrific quarter. So you have a lot of companies in the $150 to $200 billion category mm-hmm. that could go to $200 to $300 billion. Yeah. I mean, Baird's point is that uh, the deals over there are now less discretionary and valuation the low end of the historical That range. was a very good point. Yeah. It's becoming a must-buy. I know that Bill McDermott has said that many times. Bill, good friend of our show, it's good and made money. Yep. Uh, and it has always been delivering numbers since he got there that shows you that ServiceNow is integral to a company's success. And I think that stock is depressed, and it should be. I think you have a breakout. It's actually a 
pretty constructive morning for upgrades. Uh, ServiceNow is one. Uh, Comcast gets one over a key. Uh, they go to overweight. Yeah, I uh, think that's a valuation. It's like, but you also start getting these calls, which is, wait a second. This stock's come to, been down long enough. The Rails calls that we saw. Oh, yes. Okay, the Rails, we know that the negatives are in. And when you start seeing those kinds of calls, what it says is, oh, you want to downgrade Boeing to a sell? I'm buying Boeing on that sell. <laughs> I'm buying it. So I think that we have to recognize that there's an animal-spirited thing going on, and it's very difficult to quantify because it's not... It's very ethereal. It's about how a price earnings multiple is expanding on something that you thought was a value trap. Jim's right. Uh, it's North Coast that cuts uh, Boeing to sell yep. today, 180. Um, but the, uh, on the rails, Morgan Stanley up CSX uh, to equal weight, 24. And then the, the leader this morning, Jim Zetsy. You mentioned Piper earlier, but they I, go to overweight 140. I thought the Etsy call showed you the EBITDA margins are the largest, you know, biggest of the group. We have to start start accepting Etsy uh, and Shopify as integral to what came out of, of the of COVID and forget COVID. Etsy's a growth stock. It, 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 it's just a growth stock. It seems to be football all the time by analysts. Up, down, up, down. How about just owning it? Josh Silverman is doing amazing things at Etsy. He's got worldwide acceptance of it. And yet there's always some analysts that say, you know, I'll take a profit to Etsy. Maybe it's time to start thinking about Etsy for the long term as a very interesting company that has good growth that sells at 30 times. Yeah, uh, they do point out uh, valuation compelling, and they think active buyer growth accelerates from here. Uh, see, but that's important. We've got more companies that people are buying things from. And I also think that there's going to be a, a broadening of, uh, of the consumer packaged goods companies. PepsiCo has gone from 170 to 182 without any fanfare. I bet you what, that you're going to find out that Pepsi deserved every bit of that round. That's interesting. Bespoke this morning looked at the chart of Coke, which has had some interesting uh, defensive moves somewhere in the, I don't know, make, let's call yeah, it I, the uh, 50, 60 I think range. Coke, I think Coke breaks out here. 25 times earnings, 3% yield. They can raise the dividend. Uh, I think the number is going to prove to be good. Consumer, uh, consumers are shopping. A lot of times that's dependent on convenience stores. Their convenience store numbers are going to be good. They've done some, a lot of innovation. Uh, the small format is really working for them. I think Coca-Cola is a winner. I can go over these companies. You know, look, there's one that is that we never talk about. Whoever talks about Merck, Merck got a nice comment today. But Merck is doing, they have so many different franchises that are doing well, not just key true to cancer. And it's at 15 times, St. Merck is at 15 times earnings. How about throwing an 18 multiple on it? Why not? You know, I know multiple expansion is not the way you want it. You want it to do it by earnings. But there are a lot of depressed stocks because we've been in a bear market for quite a well, long I'll time. I'll tell you, uh, another great table from Bespoke yesterday was uh, huge companies with large Forex exposure since the dollar the peaked way. in September. There's only three that are down. Tesla, Pfizer, and Danaher, I think, were the only ones down for the dollar's uh, yeah, peak. I'm glad you mentioned Danaher. My chapter on is this is the longest I've ever been disappointed by Danaher in the career, you know, this is the Rails Brothers, it's really terrific. They're doing, they're shuffling the deck again, they're getting rid of a lower multiple company, and I think that's gonna cause uh, a, a nice spurt, but the analysts are against it, uh, because life sciences, they're all really, the subtle thing is, it's COVID. They made machines, sure. and now they're dead. And I think that we are now in that new era where we just have to forget about COVID as a reason to buy or sell stocks. Look at the future, not the past, and recognize that just because Danner made a lot of money. I mean, Abbott Labs, no, I'm, I'm thinking, struggling with There's Abbott. a line I, I never thought Look at, at the future, point, not the past. I, I, was, I didn't know if I would ever hear again. You know, disregard COVID as, as an investing it's just narrative. Not, it's keeping stocks back that shouldn't be kept yeah. back. 
Um, we mentioned uh, consumer spending, and Walmart does have its investor day tomorrow. That's going to be very exciting. The argument here, Jim, is that it's going to give us our first broad look at spending patterns and whether or not they shifted during the bank crisis. Well, what I do hope is the self-effacing, sometimes I want to, Doug Milne was on the show, and a lot of times, Doug is from a, a school of thought, just don't chest pound, just put the numbers out. I have oftentimes, as I shop at Walmart, I, I, I kind of like it. They've got some good prices. Uh, the things, some of the things I like is I like to see where all the labels are. They, they want to be make, made in America, but I love the fact that they you know, make it in Jordan and make it in Sri Lanka. But what bothers me about Walmart is they never say, we're crushing it. Like, I want to reach, Doug, say this, we're crushing it. <laughs> no, Jim, that's not what we do. So they make it tough on themselves. And, you know, who else is going to make it tough on themselves? You've got a big FedEx meeting coming up. And Raj Subramanian. I think he, too, will be very self-effacing. I, I, look, in the annals of things, we always look back and like the self-effacing, and you want to invest with them. But Walmart, uh, there was a very good piece earlier in the week saying it's had mixed uh, performance after their, their, their analyst meeting. And that concerned me because uh, it would not surprise me for Doug to say, you know, the consumer's a little tapping here. And, and then people would just say, oh, back to 138. Just sell it back to 138. Speaking of uh, annual meetings, uh, Iger yesterday, oh, yeah. as Disney's knocking on the door of 100 once again, talking about uh, the situation in Florida, uh, their long-term commitment to jobs there, and the amount of capex they have planned at Walt Disney World. Take a listen. The governor got very angry about the position Disney took, and it seems like he's decided to retaliate against us, including the naming of a new board to oversee the property and the business in effect, to seek to punish a company for its exercise of a constitutional right. And that just seems really wrong to me uh, against any company or individual, but particularly against the company that means so much to the state that you live in. Our point on this is that any action that thwarts those efforts simply to retaliate for a position the company took sounds not just anti-business, but it sounds anti-Florida. And I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Coming out swinging? Oh, man. Right, right in the wheelhouse. I mean, one of the reasons why DeSantis, people want to vote. When I hear people say, like, I hope DeSantis runs, he's pro-business. Holy cow. So why don't we just put an end to that? I mean, how about a slogan of vote against DeSantis? He's anti-business. I mean, that was just such a brilliant deflection by Iger. Yeah. Oh, but you know what would really be great? Better earnings. But it's DeSantis, Bob better be careful. Because DeSantis could say, I saw Disney's quarter, it wasn't so good. <laughs> really? We're yeah. going to start getting right back hot takes on the quarter? Hey, taking the, if DeSantis takes numbers down to uh, Disney, that will be the tell. Yes. Meantime, um, Disney wants a, a new live action in Moana. Interesting discussion yesterday about what's the statute of limitations from the original franchise to the time you take it to live action? The Rock's going to work on it. Well, uh, you know who knows that stuff? Ike Perlmutter. <laughs> we get, get Mike. We can go to Ike. Ike, of course, they saved a little money there, and there was a way to handle that better. I mean, yeah. There's I mean, the Rock Ike's, talking Ike's, about the Ike's. Jesus, talking he, about the uh, the Moana live action, and then uh, today, actually, at Walt Disney World, they are uh, now open for the first time is the Tron Light Cycle ride, which is again giving a, more of a tailwind to these theme parks. Look, I mean, Comcast the upgrade some was was about, about theme, theme parks. Park. Yeah. Theme parks. Yep. Comcast is we work for Comcast is under theme park. There's a lot more they can do, uh, and I think that they will do it. I think that that's gonna be very good. It's funny. I was watching everything that Apple has. Okay, 
And so we're watching shrinkage, and we're yeah, we're Ted Lasso. Shrinkage is great. And shrinkage is great. Yeah. I hate everyone. I'm just for the record. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, I was saying to people, "Wow, Warner Brothers doing terrific." I said, "No, no, that's Apple that makes them." I said, "No, Warner Brothers." Yeah. Makes them. So I'm waiting for Zaz to come on. Yep. I think David Zaslav is one quarter away from coming on, sitting right there, and telling us how he paid down four billion dollars in debt. And ha-ha for all the people who didn't like us. Uh, that would be great. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Apple. Um, some reports yesterday about trimming some headcount uh, on the retail teams, Jim. Google, we mentioned cutting oh. down on some of these office supplies. And by yeah. the way, uh, mm. we now have the official numbers of layoffs in Q2 in tech, which has now surpassed all of 22. Okay, well, it's a white-collar recession. It's Silicon Valley recession. But those people are... Uh, you got five months of full pay if you were laid off on of, that that meta, and I don't know. I mean, the surveys that I've done say that everybody pretty got, got a job pretty quickly because there's just a shortage of engineers. Uh, I'm not. I, I, I just think that that is the one thing that's made it so that there's no more bid up of homes in California. We're not seeing a spike anymore in, in home prices in California. That's oh kind gosh. of positive. The entire West Coast is yeah. is red. I know. And Seattle, that's become a bad, uh, not a good market at all. San Francisco, not a good market. So, I mean, there's, there's, that's something that, that, that maybe Powell can say. That, I mean, I look for things that he has that are going for him, and there's not much right now, but uh, Silicon Valley Bank certainly helped his cause. Yeah. Well, we're going to get jolts uh, at the top of the hour. Um, and, of course, I, I, have you, do, you have a, do you have a view on what jobs number is going to bring on Friday? I don't know. I mean, look, everyone's around that 200,000. I, I just, I think it was a transition month in that you had a tail of two months. You had the beginning where you still had a pretty good head of steam. And then at the end, I think people really uh, started realizing, wow, um, we got to be a little more defensive. Now, when you look at, at I know Ruth Port's associated with that uh, Google story. Uh, she does the conference call. But I don't want fewer staplers. I want fewer people stapling. <laughs> like, Get rid of the, keep the staples, get rid of the people. Right. It's like the canola, all right? Yeah, bang for your buck. Yeah. Um, we, t- we showed that chart of Coke, which reminded me a moment ago, Jim, of what McDonald's has done in the wake of their own headcount right. reductions. Uh, all-time high yesterday, going back to 1965. Uh, today we got, we had that QSR upgrade the other day. Today there's Papa John's talking about 600 restaurants in India by 2033. Well, India was a great market for uh, for Domino's, um, I remember I I worked on Pat Doyle forever to put a no cheese butt for the vegetarians. Right, of course. And I was saying, listen, I got a vegan daughter. I want that no cheese butt. I want that no cheese butt. I talked to Pat every day. And he says, all right, we got it. And then it turned out that it was a huge hit in India. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I mean, Kramer, like, head of business <laughs> development. It just raised our cops by 30% in India because your daughter won't eat cheese. But uh, look, I think that they're Domino's. I think it's their time to make some money. They'll be okay. Pop John's doing quite well. Right. Uh, Texas Roadhouse doing very well. People do want to go out to dinner. Uh, that, that hasn't changed. The, the go-out trade is still alive and well. Uh, I, I just think that... The travel trade is the one I'm, I, I am concerned about. I've been doing a lot of work on Hertz, and I think that as long as people continue to travel, uh, we still get, we're still getting good travel numbers, but that's what I'm watching. Yeah. That's when that money runs out. The, tra- the, the trips will change. They won't go to Milan. They'll go to uh, Oswego. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that uh, because we've got a piece on .com about China travel 
And right now, the Chinese consumer is really choosing to travel domestically right. as opposed to overseas, which has numbers, big implications for tourism and oh, retail. Yes, I mean now one of the things um, we own Estee Lauder for uh, Travel Trust, and they they make money either way. Uh, Oh, no! <laughs> the, the, why did you tell me? I you you want to come back? You're, you're welcome to come back. I've been texting him the whole damn show because I wanted something special. <laughs> and you have him? Hey, sure, cancel. <laughs> I my phone back. It's, I mean, he's going to be talking about No, no, honestly. EVs I'm literally like texting him trying to get him to give me a quote for EV for my piece tonight. availability thing. And he should have said... I am, I, you need to know I'm going to be on tonight. Today. You should have said that. There's no reason why he should have done that to me. I'm cutting his, I'm, I'm changing my piece right now. <laughs> right. Now, um, he's an old friend from Goldman when he was a CFO, and I think he's doing some dynamic things, and he is really worth listening to because he has a handle on travel, both international and domestic. Yeah. Uh, we're going to watch. I'm joking. I'm not mad. No, no. I'm, I'm, we're going to watch the airlines as, as well, Jim, because um, I think it's. American also joining JetBlue and cutting some flights in the oh, New York no. area. Jeez, I don't want to see that. Yesterday, I don't want to see that. Yesterday, B of A had their top 10 ideas list for the quarter. And of the of the cells, only two cells, UAL is one of them. I know. I mean, the airlines have not been able to capitalize on where they have an extremely full flight. It is remarkable to me. Their cost structure again got out of whack. I mean, Southwest... Holy cow. Yeah. Remember when that was just, they never missed? Yeah. These companies are not, uh, of those, I think probably Delta's doing the best. I, I am very perplexed at how they can make so little money with a product that you can't get. I mean, I was on a flight, a midday flight to Costa Rica. And, you know, Costa Rica. And it would be for my fishing trip. And we said, we're an extremely full flight. And I said, where are these people? Which is what are you, you're going there. Everyone else is going there. I mean, there isn't. Who's been on a flight? Anyone been on a flight where there's a, a seat? Anyone? No. Well, wasn't it Buffett in the wake of U.S. Air said, quite oh. frankly, no airline's going to be a wonderful business? Yeah, that was a tough. That and Solomon Brothers. But we remember we should not. I, I'd rather put out all the winners than losers for that guy. <laughs> a quick reminder this morning, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Just sign up and find out more at CNBC.com slash join the club, or you can use the QR code on your screen. It'll take you right there. As we go to break, keep your eye on bonds today. As we said, jolts coming up in a few moments. Lisa Cook after lunch. Uh, Mesters at 6 p.m. tonight. Dow's down 41, and we're holding on to 41.21 on the S&P. We haven't talked crude, uh, but there's a look at one week. Obviously, the uh, production cuts in there today. More geopolitics, Jim, as Finland's officially the 31st member of NATO. She's got to hate that. Uh, We'll watch that. Uh, City today did say that they thought the um, cost of supply is still in the 60s and that it's just going to drive shale growth, uh, this production cut in the U.S. uh, Let's hope that they they clarion call it because I think Halliburton's a very good stock going. Stop Trading with Jim is coming up after the break. Don't go away. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. You know, Carl, every once in a while we forget there's a land war on in Russia, and there was a, the Russians captured Ivan Gershkovich, which is a, a great man from New Jersey, Wall Street Journal. It seems completely wrong that they should release him immediately. But we have a piece today by Air, about Raymond James by AeroVironment. They make the switchblade. They make far more effective uh, drones than anything else that, that they had been that that we have in our arsenal and they had not been getting the orders that 
I thought they were going to get and that the CEO thought they were going to get. But it looks like the Rage HP says the orders have accelerated significantly. My hope is, is that people realize that when you see the switchblade, and I've used the a joystick switchblade, these are much more effective than, than what they've been using over there. The javelin is, puts you at risk. These don't put you at risk. These are also, though, they could attack Russia. And I think there's a sense in the National Security Council uh, it, that we shouldn't be giving them any weapons that could hurt Russia. But that, get, that day's come and gone. And the aero environment tells me that it's happening. Finally giving those soldiers the opportunity to blow up tanks from anywhere they are. And it's a revolutionary. Anyone who's ever used it realizes that it's the modern weaponry. And AVAV is the secret to winning this war. Not to tying this war, but winning this war. Uh, We mentioned Finland a moment ago, uh, joining NATO. They got an 800-mile land border with Russia. I mean, those of us who remember when Finland sided with Germany and Finland sided with Russia, Finland's had a, a a very good army. You don't want to, if you're Russia, you know that that army is real and it's beaten them. Uh, and then they, well, there have been great battles where the, the Finnish are not the tip, your typical no. NATO partner. No. A little more like Poland. Great fighters, yeah. great soldiers. Look out. Yeah. And the president now saying he looks forward to welcoming Sweden into NATO. We'll see what happens there. A lot Let's of natural resources. People don't recognize that Russia's just sitting here thinking, Wow, they got allied against us. During World War II, they were our partners, or we convinced Finland to switch sides. They have to be careful. The Russians, if they're going to replay World War II like they think, seem to be doing, uh, they don't, they don't. Stalin said that how many divisions did the Pope have? I got to tell you, how many divisions does Putin have? Uh, Jim, what's on Mad Not tonight? enough. Okay, we're looking at value traps all week. And uh, I revealed, I tipped my hand a little bit about some a company that people think that Sarah Eisen will be interviewing to see whether it's a value trap or not. But uh, can they please free, free that journalist? Uh, it's important. We must all, all as journalists, journal newsroom. we as journalists must recognize that this man is an innocent man and should be freed. Well said, Jim. We'll see you tonight at Mad Money, 6 p.m. When we come back, uh, the Q2 playbook on financials with Wells Fargo's Mike Mayo. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.